Hi, M here. A couple things about this episode. One, we are on iTunes now, supposedly. If you were listening to the RSS feed, you will have to change your RSS. If you're listening to this, you probably already did it, so thanks. Um, Just a slight change, but we're on iTunes. We're on all the other things as it populates. Please rate and review, obviously. Um, Secondly, this episode talks about some true crime stuff that people might find really uncomfortable, and we really probably should have done a trigger warning in episode, and we'll get better about that in the future. But... Uh, in the meantime, once we start talking about the bulk of this episode about the murder stuff, it's probably about halfway in would be my guess. We don't ever really go back to anything else. So if you just want to like stop there, I completely understand. And we'll see you next week. Uh, thanks so much for all of your emails. Uh, we will always endeavor to be better about making this show. And until then, enjoy the episode. <laughs> Your faves faves would never. never. Hi, how's it going this week? I'm okay, just sleepy. You slept like all day long. You slept till like 11. I woke you up. You went back to sleep. I didn't actually get back to sleep. Or did you? When I went to get give you lunch, you were like half asleep. I was drifting off, but I didn't actually sleep. That counts. I didn't get any meaningful sleep. Okay, Uh, except for the like 10 hours you had before that. Oh, was it 10? Yeah, you went to bed about one. Oh, it didn't feel like 10. 10. All right, if you say so. So how's your week been? People have been enjoying the podcast. We're still on iTunes. Uh, I might have fixed that by the time this episode comes out, so we'll see. Cross your fingers, pray for Mojo. Thank you. How was your week? You already asked me that. Yeah. How was your week? You didn't answer. Oh, I just said it was nice. Oh, okay. That's it? Nothing going on? Uh, well, uh, we watched movies yesterday. Yeah. Um, that Janelle Monae album came out. Yeah. Uh, they caught the Golden State Killer. Yeah. The war in North Korea and South Korea might be over. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it was a weirdly, uh, oh, and Bill Cosby is going to jail. So it's a weirdly positive. I mean, Kanye dropped that song that sucks. That's not positive. (laughs) I know, but can't have it all be positive. We're not living in a positive zone. Like, we live in a hell world, so. Well, I listed some good things. I know, that's why I had to. Put a little bit of, like, poop in the sausage or something. Ew. <laughs> I hate this. Why am I... Why? Why would you do that? I don't even eat sausage, and you... You made it worse. Oh. 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 Okay. All right. So, uh, thanks, everybody. People wrote in advice. Like, we're a real advice podcast. That wasn't just a bit. I thought that was a joke you were making. It was a joke I was making, but also we can give people advice. All right. Do you want to do that first? Yeah, we'll do that first. We're going to, we're going to flip the script. Everyone takes emails at the end. We're going to do them in the front. So, you send emails to the podcast abnormalmapping.com. Uh, you don't have to put anything in subject line, whatever. I don't give a fuck. We don't get that many emails. So, we got one from Kat. Kat asks, I know you're talking about beat poetry last time. What are some of your favorite contemporary writers and poets that you would recommend? I don't read enough poetry to do this. Oh, um, well, I really, the last, like, legit book of poetry I read was St. Knives' book, um, La Mer. Mm-hmm. And then I have to get her new one. 
Can you look up the title of that while I think of some more? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess I could. Citizen and American Lyric by Claudia Rankine. Um, what other? What do I read? I don't. I feel like all I've been reading is true crime, so I'm, I'm really bad right now at... Uh... Uh, the title of this news book is Look at Us Shake the Sky. Okay, yeah, that's out there. I feel like they recently lowered the price, so... Okay. Awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I think there's nothing wrong with reading beat poets. I just didn't, uh, I've grown out of them. Because you make it sound like they suck. No, there's some good stuff in there. Is there? Yeah. Okay. You're being so combative. I, you you went out of your way to, last episode, tell me no, I should not read them. I said not to read on the road. Okay. All right, next question. Oh, I was going to try to answer that better, but that's okay. No, you know, if uh, next time, maybe. All right. I did, oh, the last uh, couple books I read. Gut Shot by Amelia Gray. Amelia Gray is great. Um, and, hmm, yeah, haven't read any poetry. Sorry. Read James Brooks, or, excuse me, James Baldwin, if you haven't. Oh, uh, yeah, fair enough. And I'm throwing that out there. All right, I feel like I've satisfactorily answered that. Okay. You, people could just be friends with us on Goodreads, and you can get all the books we've read. Yep. Yeah. This is true. We'll post our Goodreads uh, our Goodreads profiles. Be friends on Goodreads. Goodreads is cool. I wish more people used it. Um, I guess, like, I don't know. People don't read. It's 20 People read. You think. I don't know. I feel like I'm always talking to my coworkers about books. You have a book work uh, a book work club a work book club. I do. Yeah, but I mean, like even outside of that, people are always telling me yeah, I'm, I listen to audiobooks all day. That's fair. Like I have a coworker that listens to Lord of the Rings pretty much on a loop. <laughs> Read another book. Read another book. <laughs> oh, she recommends books to me all the time. All right, we have um, from Jasmine. Uh, how do you motivate yourselves on bad days? Uh, is the mountains of paperwork and job hunt requirements for aid designed to keep people in the sad zone for as long as possible? Or is my bad brain doing some projection teamed up with my paranoia? Third question. Are dreams ever worse, worth the risk of pain? Which is a very live journal question. And the answer is yes, they are. Don't worry about it. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, and to answer, okay, let's unpack this. Yeah, sure. There you go. Okay. First off, this is how I motivate myself on a bad day. I try to do the Agent Cooper thing where I give myself like a little present, a little okay. something to look forward to. So like I'll have um like a special coffee or I'll buy a candy bar after lunch or I'll get like a or I'll order out. Um I'm trying to think of things that don't cost money. I'll uh try to talk to somebody at work I really like. Or uh, listen to music I haven't listened to in a long time. And that kind of puts me in a good mood. Um, sometimes it's as small as like, oh, a podcast I really like updated today. And I can look forward to that. And that kind of motivates me to get through. What about you? Uh, so I tend to just have kind of a to-do list that I do regardless of my mood. I'm definitely one of those like just power through your emotional state kind of people. Um so when I feel bad, I just do the things I was going to do anyway. And even if they're bad, they're done. Like, that's the, all that really the, matters. The sense of accomplishment makes yeah. you feel good. That Like, knowing you'll feel accomplishment motivates yeah. you. Like, I might not be happy about it, but at least at the end, I was miserable and getting stuff done instead of miserable and still having the to-do list. 
Okay. Um, all right. Now, the second question is mountains of paperwork and job hunt requirements for aid designed to keep people in the sad zone as long as possible, or is my bad brains doing some projection teamed up with my paranoia? I think it's a little bit of both. I think that society is set up to kind of make people feel shitty. And also, when you're already in the sad zone, having to work through that and navigate that is very, very distressing. So keep your head up as best you can. I think you are not being paranoid or projecting. It just sucks. It's meant to suck. It's meant to dissuade people from using it. It's a bad safety net. It's It's what we've got and have to navigate. But no, these people are trying to step on your soul. But you can do it. You can, like, you can get through this. I'm going to be motivational. Okay. Did we answer the last question? About, yes. Oh, dreams are worth worth the risk of pain. Remember the accomplishment. You're going to feel accomplishment. And even if you fail, it's a beautiful failure. Then we have a question from Cass. Uh, Cass says, I was asked out by this woman a couple weeks ago, and I told her I want to take things slow. I like her a lot. She says she likes me, but she just, but I just don't feel that she's, feel like she's that interested due to her being unresponsive to attempts to communicate with her. I get that some people suck at keeping in touch. I know I'm not the best at it. I just feel like someone overstayed their interest in me. If you have any advice on how I proceed, I would appreciate it. Uh, okay, you read that so fast. Um, okay. Hmm. Well... If she's being unresponsive when you're trying to communicate and reach out, I would kind of give her some space to come to you because maybe she's just busy. I mean, if this was a couple weeks ago and you have not heard from her, like, it's done. Just let it go. That's what I would do. I think that, like, if she picks it back up again, then maybe think about it. But, like... Write this one off and move on. That's what I would do. You might have to be direct. You might have to be like, "Hey, why aren't you? Uh, what's what's going on? Like, are you are you busy? What's going on? Uh, and see what happens from there." No, nurse a secret grudge in your heart. That's what I would do. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's what I would do. Whether it's good advice is look. I think it's clear it's not good advice, but that's probably what I would do. Well, that's really immature. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> no, it's not. It's <laughs> immature. I'm not like actively seeking anyone, so it's fine if I'm immature about these things. You're about to be single. <laughs> Give no, no bad advice. You kill to the cast. podcast. I don't care. You don't care about our podcast. If you're gonna give people bad advice, I don't think it's bad. It's it's. I am the goofus to your gallant. This is how this works. Shaking my head. You don't want to be gallant? No. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> anyway. Do you want to be goofus? Goofus an asshole. Let's move on. Okay. So we had our movie night again, finally, after our week of Labo. Yes. We watched Rocky II, Lady Bird, and Dirty Computer, the emotion picture. You want to talk about uh, your feelings about these? What do you want to start with first? We'll start in order okay. uh rocky 2 it picks up literally where the last movie left off but it still does the like previously on this movie uh this prequel kind of thing which is hilarious because i associate that with old horror movies and and was like are they really gonna friday the 13th this? <laughs> and they did yeah no and you then want to see the last five minutes of rocky watch rocky 2 <laughs> and the rest of it was pretty great i was really into it i don't know why i didn't well, can i spoil uh, excuse me. Sure, it's Rocky 2. Nobody okay, if you haven't Rocky seen two. Rocky 2, just skip ahead like 30 seconds. Okay, so like, I totally am an idiot and I didn't think he was going to win that fight against Apollo Creed. 
Because he shouldn't. And the movie kind of falls apart at the end, I feel like. Yeah, it's not the strongest ending. But everything before that ending is so good. Like, yes. There's something about... I don't know. Everybody in that movie is just so real. Mm-hmm. They just feel like real people. and I'm really excited for us to get to the next movie where all of that goes away. <laughs> I'm so sad about it. Because I, I, I really love the authenticity of these films. Mm-hmm. When he authentically goes to Russia and fights the Soviet menace. <sighs> Someone in the hallway. If that picks up on this mic, my apologies. They're very loud. Coughing their lungs out. And then we watched Lady Bird, which was from last year. Yes, the Greta Gerwig picture. Yes, written and directed by, uh, starring... Do you know how to say that lady's name? Oh my god, she totally did a whole song about it on Saturday Night Live. I've never seen this. Sorsha. Okay, Sorsha, you should write that down so we can Sorsha Ronan? Yeah. Uh, and who, was the, who played the mom? Lori Metcalf of Roseanne fame. Okay, I, I didn't really watch Roseanne. Is she on the new Roseanne? I think so. Yeah, oh, she's okay. her sister Jackie. She's All like right. one of the best characters. Well. I don't watch the new Roseanne, but I yes. love old Roseanne. And this is a movie about a girl uh, leaving high school, her very Catholic high school. She lives in Sacramento, and she's, like, trying to apply to colleges and having friction with her mom and trying to, like, navigate that space of being a teen. Um, it's pretty good. It, it's very, like, mothers and daughters enacting the same cycle of being the same person, like, aggressively at each other that I think is really uh, good because uh, everyone acts the hell out of it. Oh, yeah. Acting is stellar. Yeah. Uh, I liked the high school characters because they all felt very... I went to high school with kids like that. Uh, There were a lot of, like, body language things that spoke to me. (laughs) Just, like, when her friend does the audition and she has her hands in her hoodie pockets and she's, like, holding her shoulders up shyly singing. And I'm like, oh, that was the high school stance. I had that stance in high school. And uh, the theme of mothers and daughters, oh, it, it made made me cry. <laughs> uh, that's fair. Yeah, it was a good movie, though. It was good. Uh, I feel like I know people who are, like, head over heels for that movie, and I don't think I get that necessarily. I get it. Uh, I have this weird thing where, like, coming-of-age stories like this, I just end up most identifying with the parents anymore, because that's who really? I am. Yes. Oh, your soul is dead. No, my soul's not dead. <laughs> I just understand where they're coming from. Like, my opinion about every teen is, like, in two years you're going to be an entirely different person, so what does any of your drama matter? Like, that's just my general approach to these things. Yeah, but you can't say that to a teen. No, you can't say it to a teen. Yeah. But, like, I can't get invested knowing that they're just going to be fine. They just need time. Everyone just needs time. You're barely a person at 18. <laughs> okay. Well. Do you right. disagree? Uh, I have... See, I, 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 it would take me longer than we have for me to sort my feelings out. Okay. Can I get back to you on that? I guess. I just... I don't completely disagree, but I just... I don't know. I think it just depends on the person. Not everybody, like, some people are pretty much the same. Then when they're 18? Yeah. I don't think I know a single person that's true for. Mm. I mean, like, little things. Like, um, when I was 18, I was still a loud mouth. I was still making jokes all the time. Oh, sure. But, like, your worldview has changed radically since then. Some of it. But not all of it. Enough. Yeah. I mean, the difference is... What were you the most upset about at 18? (laughs) Uh, that my life was going nowhere and, um, huh, what else? And that 
certain people. Just that I wasn't going to be well liked and just worried about where I was going to end up. And See, I have the everybody, same worry. Every, everybody likes you and you're on this podcast, so you're fine. Oh, sure. Um, I lost the other thing I was going to say, but that's all right. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to write novels and be like a ridiculous eccentric, uh, like, uh, academic at I mean, 18. I wanted that too at 18. I wanted you know, to be an English professor or a filmmaker. Like, those were... <laughs> yeah, I, like, I was very into the idea that if I read enough books, I could, like... And always old books, because I was a fucking ridiculous child, that I could, like, synthesize some revolutionary way of thinking bullshit. And it's just not the way the world works. No. I was very dumb. Oh, I figured... I remember now. What I, I was going to say is, I think the thing that changes is you see adults more as people. Mm. And there's not that gulf as you get older. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like the sooner you get to that point, the sooner uh, that gap kind of closes up. Yes. And you're less of an angsty teen. Well, even at, even at like her age at 18, I was very into just hanging out with adults. I never wanted to hang out with other teens. It was a bit of both. Like, I always hated... Everybody in my, even in my 20s, I was like, man, people in their 20s are a lot. <laughs> can't wait to be 30. And then in high school, I was like, can't wait to get to college. But I I, ne- I wasn't super negative about it. Okay. Fair enough. And then we watched Dirty, dirty computer. computer. Are you a dirty computer? Oh, uh, no. Why not? I, I don't know. I, I feel like... I don't necessarily agree with the premise, but I guess in terms of the world that that sets up, yes. Yeah, no, you're a dirty computer. That's fair. Yeah, no, so am I. Well, fair enough. I'll tell people about dirty computer if they don't know, if they're it's, in a living a hole. It's the emotion picture by Janelle Monet, essentially a music video movie in the vein of like Lemonade or Thriller. Uh, it's the story of. Oh, I can't remember her name. Jane? I guess her yes. name's Jane. Yes. Because uh, she's not Cindy Mayweather in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, okay. So it's Jane. She's a dirty computer. And she's in love with Zen, who's Tessa Thompson. And she gets captured. And they're deleting all of her memories. And Zen is there, but her memories are wiped. So, like, she doesn't remember that she was in love with Jane. And so when she does remember... Uh, shenanigans ensue, and it's awesome. And all the her all of her memories are just of her running around being like super poly and pan and cool and revolutionary, and it's the best. It was Janelle Monae like came out and then dropped this, and I'm pretty sure it was the gayest, most poly thing BET has ever shown. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> And I know everybody's talking about the Prince influence on her new album. I think the the music part is one thing, but, like, he was also just not afraid to be really weird and outspoken. And I think she's embraced that fully. Mm-hmm. She's always been weird and outspoken, but I think, in, like, dropping all of her Android facade, she's really, like, fully hit that Prince... Point. It's weird. I wouldn't describe her work as like especially weird. Really? Yeah, I think it's just honest and upfront about what it is and who it's for. I think um, in the realm of like R and B, singing about how you're an alien and stuff. 
Sure. Is sort of, it's not that it's new ground or anything, mm. but it, I don't know. I think it's unusual. I think it's a lot for people. Okay. A lot for, like, I, I mostly, feel like, oh, go ahead. Uh, just like, she doesn't really fit any mold. Like, she's not a Shanti. Okay. <laughs> That's my reference, but it's kind of, because I'm old. She's not, uh, who else is in R&B? You know, she's not like a sex pot, but she's also not like, uh, she just kind of fits in this other realm of like sci-fi influences okay. and referencing Metropolis and El Topo and... Sure. She's, yeah, it's a little, like she's not Beyonce. Sure. When you say weird, it just seems like there's a certain like lack of consideration that comes with, like you just be like a weirdo, just make weird music. Uh, there's a real social consciousness to our work that I feel like is really important to not discount. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Okay. No. I just think weird can be, like, easily, like, used to, like, push aside. Weird is a positive. But okay. I just mean, like, in the world of, like, R&B, she's kind of an outlier. Okay. And I'm, like, I'm happy that she's as famous as she is. Because I feel like when she was first on the scene, that I don't think she was given that sort of attention. Mm -hmm. But she's worked really hard. Fair enough. It's a good... You can watch it on YouTube. It's yeah, a good it's, video. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's, what, like an hour long? It's like 48 minutes. It's not the whole album, which is kind of a bummer. Um, Apparently, it's... Okay, there's like two tracks. One of them is instrumental in the yeah. TV ver or the video uh -huh. version. And then, yeah, there's a couple of tracks that aren't on there. Yeah. But it's good. Yeah, no, it's good. Definitely people should watch it. Uh so we're going to talk about the Golden State Killer this week as our big thing. <laughs> Which is so weird because M hates true crime. So I hate true crime mostly because, uh, like, I grew up on, like, horror movies and stuff. And so none of that stuff bothers me. It's not about, like, I don't want to hear about... It's not that I don't want to hear about, like, icky violent stuff because I'll watch that all day as long as it's fake. It's, it's real people. It's depressing. For me, I just enjoy, like, somebody did a horrible thing and now somebody's going to solve the case and bring us to justice and like i don't like the prison system so it's a little complicated yes and a little problematic but like i don't know i just it also kind of calms my anxiety to hear stories about how like people got away from bad situations okay and then just hearing about them in general i feel like maybe someday i'll prevent myself from uh falling into the same fate hmm fair enough so tell me about the Golden State Killer. Who is this? What did they do? Well, in the 1970s, there was this rash of rapes and uh, happening in the East Bay Area. So they were calling him the East Area Rapist. And he did this about 40 times and then it escalated. 40's a lot. Yeah. And it was all within like the same sort of neighborhood zones. So anyway, it escalated into murders. Like, what kind of time frame are we talking about here? Oh, like, geez. over, like, a year? Or over, like, like 10 years? Hold on. Okay. Dusty's going to fact check, which is fine. But I don't want to edit this. So I'm just going to have to keep talking. Uh, it's, I don't know. I, I, I'm weirdly resistant to crime because I feel like there's, like, a real slate of it these days. And I find it kind of ghoulish. But I thought this one was interesting. Given the reasons we're going to get into. I've always been, like into morbid things like yes. i'm not like a fan of the killer obviously i know but like okay so okay there were 50 rapes 
100 burglaries and 13 murders from 1974. Wait, how do they know that he did all these burglaries? That doesn't... That's weird. Because... Okay. Hold on. All right, so you're, like, quizzing me here. Uh, Well, yeah, we're going to talk about this. I know, but I... Okay, but I didn't know that until this morning. Okay. So, essentially... They linked him because the same descriptions were coming up over and over. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was from... Did I say the dates? No. 74 through 86. Okay. And eventually they figured out it was all the same person. But they used to call him the East Area Rapist. Mm-hmm. Or the Ear. Then they called him the original Night Stalker. Not to be confused with the Night Stalker, Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez. Wait, well, why is he the original? Because he did it before him. Okay. So they gave him someone else's name, but just attach original to it? Yes. That's messed up. Because they did kind of a similar thing. Okay. Then he was the Diamond Knot killer. Why? Diamond Knot? Yeah. Okay. That, I don't know what that was about. But anyway. Then um, Michelle McNamara. Ah, McNamara. Is that how you say her name? Isn't that McNamara? McNamara. Michelle McNamara, uh, who had a blog called True Crime Diary coined the phrase Golden State Killer and was sort of the person who... She wasn't the only one, but there was a sort of collection of internet detectives who were obsessed with this case, and she lived in the area. Mm. So she would go to the police station and get boxes of files, and she would talk to the police who were investigating the case. And she started this book, and as everybody who pays attention to this knows, she passed away in 2016 before she could finish it. So her husband got two investigators that she worked with. Well, one of them she worked with and one of them that he found. And they finished the book. Mm -hmm. And the book is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh And it had all these theories about, like, who he could be because they never caught him. Uh, And Michelle says uh, that... DNA evidence is probably going to be the thing that catches him. Uh-huh. So, like, a week... No, earlier this week... Earlier this week. From this recording, they caught this... Um, I'm trying to get his name. They caught this 72-year-old man based on DNA evidence. His name's Joseph James D'Angelo. He was a former police officer. Uh... And they were like, we connected you to these crimes. And there was also this um, weird rash of crimes of guys like, or of a guy like going through people's stuff and like eating their food and walking around without his pants called the Vesalia Ransacker. And now they're connecting those cases to him as well. Okay. But they're, they connected him to eight murders in Galetta, Ventura, Data Point, and Irvine. Um... Then there were two murders in Rancho Cordova, Cordova, one in Visalia, and oh my god, there's just like peeping, burglary, stalking, prowling. They connected it all to this one guy. So, I mean, and the crazy thing about him was like, he would break into houses where couples were sleeping like he knew they were they were there mm-hmm. and he would tie up he would have the wife tie up the husband then he'd have his way with the wife and then he'd murder them 
Okay. So it's really just awful. Just awful. And then he's like a cop, right? That was the thing. Yeah, he's a retired. Well, he got, he got, I almost said retired. He got kicked off the police force because uh, they caught him stealing dog repellent and a hammer. Okay. And this was in the 70s. That's weird. And he didn't put up a fight, which to me is a red flag. Hmm. Excuse me. Uh, one of the things that's been going around my feed is, like, one of the ways that they caught him is they used the DNA uh, that they had as, like, evidence. And they just, pl- like, made fake profiles on those Ancestry sites using it. Yep. To, like, type him against other people who might have used the site to get a family tree. Which is ethically shady as shit. Yeah. Uh, I hate it. <laughs> I know. I hate it, too. But it's like, how else were they going to catch him? I, I like I don't know like I don't want to like side with the police here like yeah it's good he's caught but also like if that's the way that we have to police then maybe the police are bad and wrong I mean abolish the police right like obviously yeah no you're right I just uh you know I'm torn I don't want to side with the cops either yeah and I don't think that they should have access to those databases just because people are they shouldn't be used to solve crimes mm-hmm it just hap- so happens that that's how they solved this one. I mean, I think it's weird, like, your rights to your DNA when yeah. uh, they're just left behind. Like, any DNA you leave somewhere is, like, public domain, like, in uh, according to the law. So they can just gather it however they can. So if you leave hair somewhere, they can get your DNA off of it and totally within their rights. But it's just, like, that's how so many things are solved. Sure. But that's also how there's, like, a huge database about, like, just people in the world. Yeah, no, it's really gross. And then there's also, you have to think about, like, what we put out on social media. And that being used as Mm -hmm. well. Yeah. It's so wild. I don't know. Uh, I always say that if you're going to be murdered, just put as much DNA as possible around the place. Just throw your fingernails everywhere why your hair so they can find your killer oh if you're getting murdered right, yeah right, right, if you're yes. getting murdered i thought you meant i thought i just was like if you're doing the murdering i'm like no why would you ever no do that? no 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 if you're murdering try not to get your dna everywhere yeah if you are being murdered get your dna everywhere like like wash up wear a hairnet shit like that don't get your dna anywhere um okay this is going into a territory that's making me wildly uncomfortable <laughs> Uh, what else is there to say? Is this the first, like, big killer that's been caught, like, as why you've been ghoulishly into this stuff? Well, not necessarily, but it's, like, one of the oldest cases. Because I can't think of a single thing that I remember being this high profile. You don't remember the BTK getting caught? No. BTK was kind of a similar thing where all the murders and cr- crimes happened in the, I want to say, late 70s, 80s. Uh-huh. And then they just stopped. Mm-hmm. And then... This guy, Dennis Rader, essentially a- asked the police, it like he was, a su- he was a suspect, and then when he went in, he asked the police if they could use computer evidence against him, and they said no, they were lying, and he incriminated himself. Shady with ass a- cops. <laughs> he incriminated himself with a floppy disk. And why that's did, how they caught him. Why did he go in and ask about this stuff in the first place? I think he was already... See, I don't remember exactly. Okay. But, like, he I, he was already kind of a suspect. Okay. And 
he was just afraid that they were going to find this floppy disk where he had talked about all his crimes and he wrote poems and shit. Why did he write about his crimes? The Zodiac used to call people. I know. This guy called people too. The Golden State Killer. He called after the crime stopped. He was still calling victims on the phone. They do that stuff. The guy that they think is the Zodiac, he's dead now. But like the main suspect that they had worked closely with the cops. He was like eager because they think they're smarter than the police. We need to watch Hannibal. Is what we need. <laughs> they think they're smarter. And so they think they can, oh, if I work closely, you won't think it's me. Like, even John Wayne Gacy tried to be buddy-buddy with cops. Oh, that's messed up. Yeah. He's like the most suspicious person in history. I feel like you look at that guy, he's like, he's a creep murderer. Well, he kind of preyed on people that were, like, already in bad situations. Uh, okay. So it's like, oh, you're a runaway. Come to my house and drink beer. It's gross. Yeah, no, it's really awful. It's really awful. But so, Michelle McNamara got one. Yeah. Because um, everyone's attributing this to her book, right? Did, were people just not following this case before that? Is that what the thing she is? She kind of kept it in the limelight. Okay. Kept it. She, in combination with the relatives of certain victims, definitely kept it in the limelight, kept the case open. Mm-hmm. And I think she she was the cause of a lot of publicity because she wrote a lot of articles about him and got them published. And she had that blog. And... She was on the trail. Mm-hmm. And that book was all about this, right? Yes. The one that just it, came out. And I think had she lived, I, I still think it would have been a bestseller because it's really well written. It's a really scary book. I mean, you said the parts that were clearly not written by her were like much worse. So it probably would have been a better book even. Um. Well, okay. I listened to the audio book yeah. and they tell you like what parts are just from her notes and what parts are just pieces of articles. But then at the very end... They just say, she's died, and here's what Billy Jensen and the kid have come up with. Which are the names of the investigators. That the were one first. just called the kid? Yeah, he's, I can't think of his real name, okay. and I don't feel like I wanted to. Out, I wanted but... to imagine he doesn't like want to reveal his real name. The kid, just <laughs> Michelle... some mysterious investigator. Michelle called him the kid because he was okay. young when they met. Um, anyway, so the parts that are just them going on and on about the DNA evidence, is it's a really dry part of the book. So yeah, her writing was very, very good. I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Uh, one of the best true crime, true crime books I've ever read next to Anne Rule's Stranger Bes- The Stranger Beside Me, mm-hmm. which is about how she worked at a suicide hotline with Ted Bundy, was a crime writer. And then the whole time the Ted Bundy case was uh, get being collected and the news was coming out, she'd go, well, I mean, he has the same car as Ted, but that can't be our Ted. I mean, I would probably be this person, too. A lot of people would, A lot right? of people would. Yeah. Like, how are you to know? Yeah. Um, it's really scary. Because, like, I was talking about this with my lunch companion on Friday. There's no similarity. Like, if you take all of the known serial killer cases out there and, like, try to find common factors between them, there's just, like, it could be anybody. Yeah. Like, there's no, like, there's the people that had, like, there's the people that had bad childhoods, but, like, not everybody that had a bad childhood turns out to be a murderer. Then there's people with good childhoods that turn out to be awful, like Jeffrey Dahmer. And then there's people that uh, don't fit that triad where it's, like, bedwetter, animal abuser, head injury, 
who turn out fine. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that have that happen and turn into Ed Gein. So <laughs> it's just, it's really chilling how it could just, it could be anybody. Okay. I feel like it's probably enough ghoulish stuff today. I know. I feel like we should have put it like a we will. trigger warning. We'll put it in the description. Okay. Because I feel bad ruining people. You expect a good time with your face with never. And I'm like, well, let's talk about murder. I mean, the title is going to be talk about this or something, you know. Okay. Yeah. It'll be right on the tin. People will know. Yeah. Right on. If people have questions about it, they could ask you. They can yeah. send an email. Send You'll talk questions. about true crime. I'll talk about it all day. I want to start a true true crime podcast, but I'm like, well, how can I do it in a way that no one's ever done it before? There's like you listen to like 17 of them. There's a lot out there. Yeah, there's there's so many, and they're all great. Uh, is all are all of them great? I feel like you complain about a couple of them constantly. Oh, I dropped the sucky ones. Okay, the ones I listen to are great. Okay. Good, because that's good, because you complained about some of those a lot. (laughs) All right, I think that's going to do it. Um, Where can people find you on Twitter and Masto? At FridgeBuzzNow and both of those things. Okay. You need something else with Masto, don't you? Well, the instance I'm a part of is called Occult.Camp. Okay. And you can find me at em underscore being. You can find this on the Abnormal Mapping Podcast Network. Go to abnormalmapping.com. We're on Patreon, patreon.com slash mapping. Help support us. Even a dollar helps. Thank you so much. Uh, keeping us fed and housed. Um, and you can find this podcast at your faves with never.fyi and hopefully on iTunes by the time this goes up. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, talk to us. Let us know what you think. Hang out in our Discord. Ask Destiny questions about true crime. Commiserate that it kind of skeeves you out with me whenever. Um, and that's kind of it. We don't have an outro. What's the outro? What should our outro be? Leave your DNA everywhere. Yes. Leave your DNA everywhere. Like spit? Yeah. Hair. Okay. Uh, I saw one forensic files where they solved a murder by just this girl left glitter in the backseat of her murderer's car. That makes sense to me because glitter will stay yeah, everywhere glitter forever. glitter will stay everywhere. Wear glitter. Wear glitter, I guess. Don't do... Glitter socks. Don't wear glitter. Glitter's kind of fun. Well, it gets everywhere. <laughs> if you want it everywhere. I don't think you can apply glitter and not get it everywhere. No, I mean, I agree, but I also, like, there's nothing wrong with glitter on the face of it. Oh, okay, fair enough. Sparkly. It's all right. Yes, okay, so that's it. Leave your DNA everywhere. Or don't if you're going to murder. Don't murder anyone. Don't murder anyone. But if you do, don't leave your DNA everywhere. Talk out your problems. Yes. See a therapist. Yes. Definitely don't murder in the heat of passion. Come on. It's no way to live your life. Don't murder at all. (laughs) Don't murder at all. Baby, don't make me spell it out for you. All of the feelings that I got for you. Can't be explained, but I can try for you. Yeah, baby, don't make me spell it out for you. You keep on asking me the same questions And second guessing all my intentions Should know by the way I use my compression That you got the answers to my confessions It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender And emotional sexual bender Better.